Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 180. 180. OMG. Hi, Julius. I, I can't believe you're squaring that way. Sorry. I apologize. I'll try and keep it family friendly for now. <laughs> I am, I am excited about this episode. I've been looking forward to talking about this game forever. I've had this game for years. I think I got it when it first came out in 2015, and I barely ever played it until until we decided to record a show on this. <laughs> and now I have played it a bunch. <laughs> well, good, Albert. I'm glad that I can inspire you to get one of your games off the shelf and get some playtime for it. <laughs> yeah, I a lot of playtime. A lot of playtime. Um. So, yeah, so we, we haven't said the game. It's Oh My Goods. It's a game published by Lookout, designed by Alexander Pfister, and art is by Clemens Franz. And, you know, he's done all the art for all the Uwe Rosenberg games, you know, Agricola and all that stuff. Newsword. So it'll be familiar to anybody that sees this game. Um, I guess we should talk about the game this summary since we have nothing else to say. Let's dive in. In general, because we don't do news anymore. Yeah. Uh, so this game, it's a, it's a small little card game. It comes in a little tiny box. Um, it's a it's a real compact engine building game is what it is and when you when you get the expansions you have a nice campaign option to play the the setting here is a, it's an industrial a pre-industrial village you know think um medieval renaissance whatever or even after that and actually i visited paris well, like 20 years ago and i went to the museum of the peasants or something it was called i don't remember exactly or, or folk history museum and apparently people lived the sort of life that you see like in Agricola into the 1940s or 50s. So the setting could be the 1940s for all we know. But it doesn't look like it. To me, it looks medieval. I doubt that, Albert. I doubt that very much. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't. It, it doesn't have a time setting. Um, it's set in a fictional universe. And we'll get more into that, I guess, later. Um, in this game, you're 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 making goods to buy buildings to make more goods to buy more buildings. Hence the engine building. So that's per- basically my summary of the game. And your goal at the end of the game is to have them have the most amount of points, usually. Yes, the most points. Woo! And if you're playing solo, which we are, then it's just to have enough points. Well, to have enough points, and then some other specific end game requirements, depending on the chapter. Yes, that's right. All right, so so let's jump into the rule book. The rules. Um, it's a, it's a small little tiny box, small little tiny game, so it's not much of a rule book. I think it's like four pages, and you know, they're about the size of two cards each, mm-hmm. right? Um, s- simple rules. I did not have trouble with them at all. They, they, I think they make sense. They're easy to follow. Though I will say, the first edition rules in English were terrible. <laughs> um. Well, the first edition uh, rules actually had, had different rules than the newest edition as well. Did they, were they different? I didn't remember yes. that. I don't. They were very different if they were, but they they were definitely not clear to follow. Well, it was. It was. Confusing. I believe one of the main differences that they added in in later editions is that, and currently the way it works is you're able to build uh, chains of production, so that if you at one point in time start building up a bunch of coal. And clay, you can later on when you activate a building, you can then take all that coal and clay and just immediately convert it all over into um, bricks, just as an example. 
if you start building up all those resources, that was always there. it was always, that was always there. If you start building up all those resources, but then never activate the main building. So you could just be, end up not making good use of those chains. But with the current rule set at the end of the game, you do get one free activation of all of your chains so that you can oh, then have okay. the final conversion and make good use of some of those more expensive buildings. Okay, that I don't know if that was there before or not. So if you have an older version of this game, it behooves you to, to download the latest rules. Either way, I know that my copy has the most recent version of the rules included. Yes. Okay. So you've got a yours is a I think the I forget if the older version was like a a tuck box type box or or the type that opens with a lid. I don't remember now. Anyway. It's it's a cheap game. Just go out and buy the latest version. Don't know what you have right now. Just to be safe, throw it out. Go buy another copy. Not quite. That's probably what I would do. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. So that's that. I think that was our discussion about the rules. Not a whole lot to say. Otherwise, yeah, the rules are just fine. Let's talk about the theme, Albert. Okay. Um, it's a Euro game, and it's a Euro game theme. There's not a whole lot to say. It is. It works. It is your cube pusher. It is. Mm-hmm. Nothing but a cube pusher. It's got even less theme than Caverna because at least Caverna had dwarves going on adventures. <laughs> this is the same theme we've seen so often from Uve and similar. It's you're making goods to make goods. Yes. In in a 1840s or 1940s village mm-hmm. somewhere in France. Somewhere where you don't have all the machinery of today. It's a theme we over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you look at the art for this game, you'll say, oh, this looks like Agricola or something. Is this an expansion for Agricola? It's it's the same art, really. <laughs> it's right? the same I mean, art it, style. It might be slightly different stylistically. It's the that, same art style. Same, yeah, same art style. The, it, it just it looks super familiar. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what the theme is. The theme is all in the art. Um, In terms of the producing stuff, I think the theme works well because the cards have... You produce different things. Like some cards produce meat, and then you could take that meat that you've built and take it to a no do not start like a different building i strongly suggest that we do not try and make the theme of the game actually make sense for the mechanics because as we'll get into it later (laughs) you have a morning phase and a like afternoon phase where you randomly determine what resources are available to run your buildings so every day you get a random amount of deliveries to your little village from some very confused trucking company and they can deliver like (laughs) 16 trucks maybe or two maybe and there's no way to know what's going to be like you're going to have to really stretch that albert i'm sorry that that actually that makes sense to me we'll we'll get to that when we get to the rules go on i guess oh with the gameplay the components. Let's talk about the components, then, because there's not a lot, much else to say about the theme. The, so the game is 110 cards. It's a box with, you know, a little box with, like, two decks inside it, and it's 110 cards total. What you're getting is two or three types of cards. There's the buildings, which are really multi-use cards, but there's you get those. They're the buildings. They're the resources and goods that you can produce, and they, they do a lot of things in the game. The other thing that's in there, there's also four start buildings. Each person's going to get one, and they're the same building, but they use different goods to produce stuff. Um, one one will use like green and black resources. The other will use green and yellow resources. The other will use green and red, so on. And you also get some workers and assistants. Everybody has a worker, and the worker can make one or two goods. 
and you can potentially buy assistance when you're playing the game and they let you produce stuff at a second building each turn um so that's that's what comes in the game now we should say here we're talking about playing oh my goods and we're playing it with the expansion the first expansion longsdale revolt that's another small box the the base game does not bring solo rules you you'll want to buy the expansion though though i will tell you that there are some solo rules available on bgg for just the base game there's there's at least three or four available and Apparently, at least one or two of them are pretty darn good. So you may actually just want to buy the base game and try those rules. And if you're having fun, then maybe get the expansions, right? I was going to say, you can probably also, like, all you need if you really want to experience the rules is just get as high of a score as possible with the components that you have. Because the solo rules just add, for the most part, variable challenges based on what chapter you, you have. What the rule, what the expansion brings is that that it puts a timer in the game of ten turns exactly. If you're just using the base game with the rules it brings, the game ends when you've built your eighth building, I think. Yeah, I'm just saying. But you could build your first seven and then just start making tons of resources and get rich, and then whenever you feel like it, just. I'm just saying that doesn't. You don't need. You don't really need the components from the campaign to play solo. Just give yourself a ten turn limit. There you go. Yeah, you could do that. That's right. And but do check BGG because there's other scenario. There are other solo modes that apparently work a little bit different. Somebody commented. I di- I didn't look into it myself, but I looked at one of the comments. And somebody was saying they were surprised how different, uh, what different approaches each of the solo rules took. They all they all work differently. So you know something to check out. Anyway, the point being, we're going to talk about both together. We're not going to talk about just the base game. Um. There is a second expansion. The first one's called Longsdale Revolt. There's a second expansion called uh, Escape to Canyon Brook. The second expansion actually requires the first expansion to play because it continues the story. Um, the the expansion, uh, the Longsdale Revolt, is a campaign game. And it has five chapters that you play through. And when you finish that, there's another, I think, another six chapters in the last expansion. And that last expansion brings more of the same stuff. Cards, event cards, building cards, characters. The characters are something new that come in the, in the two expansions. This one, however, only has 66 cards. You know, the base game went from 110 to then 88 to now it's 66. And they're all basically the same price, about $15 each. I feel cheated with that last one. I mean, that is the economics of expansions. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Anything else about the components, Julius? I mean, only to mention that just simply the card art is like you've talked about already it is the same sort of card art you've seen on agricola and similar nothing to make it stand out for anything special or unique for this game Mm-hmm. yep that's, that's exactly true all right then how about the gameplay i'll talk about this there's four phases in the game right it's it's pretty quick each turn you're gonna go through four phases the first one and again we're talking with the campaign so using the expansion you're gonna draw an event card there's going to be 10 event cards, and they're going to basically time the game. You'll draw the event card for the turn. It'll change that turn somehow slightly. Um, then you could draw two cards. You could choose to discard your entire hand, and if you do, you get to draw replacement cards. And then on top of that, you, every turn you get to draw two cards. Um, that's the first phase. Really, it's it's discarding your hand, fishing for new cards. So sometimes you want to do that. Sometimes you may want to keep the cards you have because you want to use them. The next phase is morning. This is when all the different p- 
people come to the village to the market to sell their goods. And this is done by drawing cards from the deck and placing them face up on the table for all players to see. Each card, and these are again these multi-use cards are the buildings, they also represent resources. Each card has a little sun, or on the side it has a little picture of what good that card would produce from the market. And some of them, I think about half, have a sun symbol on it. You're going to keep drawing cards and playing them on the table until you get two suns. When the two sun cards show up, the morning is complete. All the cards that you drew are now available in the market. And these are going to be available to you to use for your building. I guess in theory, these are these are people that have brought these goods to the market and that's what they're selling. So today, you know, the guy that has cattle came to the market and the person that has wool came to the market and the person that has whatever the other resources are. They all came to the market. At this point, you could pick one of the cards in your hand. You can say, I think I'm going to build this card at the end of the turn. And you're going to play it face down on the side. And then you're going to do the evening phase, which is just like the morning phase. You're going to start drawing cards and playing them to the market until you have two more sun symbols. Once you've got four sun symbols total, the whole market closes for the day. And now you could go ahead and do your production and building. Um, in this last phase, you're going to have... Actually, I should jump back. In the morning phase, you also chose where your which building you were going to produce at. You saw half of the stuff that was available in the market, and now you could put your worker on one of the buildings. At the beginning, you only have one building, so it's an easy choice. And you could choose to build sloppily or carefully. The if you if you're sloppy, well, each before I tell you that each building tells you how many resources and what kind of resources it needs to be able to produce. Um, for example, the char burner, the one you start with, produces coal. And to make coal, you're going to need one tree card, one tree resources, and maybe two of the black resources. I don't even know what they are. I call them black. Or, or, or two red or whatever. Um, if you're building sloppily, you don't need all three resources. You could choose to just have one less than that. Or you do have one less than that. It doesn't matter which one. You could choose to just... To ignore the the green one or one of the other color. The benefit of not being sloppy is you're going to get more goods made if you, if you work. If you're sloppy, you'll get one good produced in that building if you're successful. If you're careful, you'll get two. Um, Okay, so I explained that. I explained how you put your worker. Now it's we're back to the production phase. You're going to check all those cards available on the market, all the, mar all the vendors that brought their goods. You're going to see if the goods that you need or not the goods, I'm sorry, the resources that you need are available in the market for you to produce. If there are enough, you have successfully been able to produce on your building, and you'll draw cards from the deck and put them on top of your building face down, and they just represent goods that you've built. Um, then as a bonus, if you successfully build it, a lot of the builded, successfully built something, produced something, then your building will get a chance to... Um, do a chain build, which a lot of times it's maybe play cards from your hand to build more stuff, or maybe if this is a building that builds from another upon another building, you'll be able to take cards from your first building that you've produced. Like let's say you take cattle because you've got some cattle you've made already, and you're going to use these cattle and slaughter them and turn them into meat on the next building. Or is everybody with me? We're good. Am I making sense, Julius? I think so. Okay. <laughs> you do hopefully the listeners are following so i mean that's what you're going to do you're going to produce your stuff and all these goods you produce 
each building will produce a specific type of good, and that good has a specific value, which now represents each card that you've built represents a certain amount of money. The next part of the producing and building phase is building. That you need money from the stuff you've produced. The building that you set aside at the beginning of the turn in the morning phase, you can now go ahead and build it. You'll flip it over and pay whatever the cost is. You don't get changed. So if it costs six and you had eight in resources exactly, then you, you spend all eight. Too bad. But now you have that building, and next round you could build on it. You could, you could use it to build resources and hopefully more valuable resources. That's basically how it goes. I didn't get into details too much about how the different colors goods are available and, and how you need that. And, and you don't need to. Okay. I will say, though, this is kind of important. When you're producing, if you don't have enough goods in the market, if you have those goods in your hand, you can discard cards from your hand to produce. So so you could use it to catch up at the short on the stuff you're short, but it has to be the right color. So hopefully you have the cards in your hand. And and that's kind of important. So that was the whole round. You you know, you drew cards, you had the morning, you decided what you're gonna build, the evening came, the market's full, and now you could produce all the stuff you could produce and then build. That's that's the gameplay. Um each turn actually goes pretty darn quick, I think. I don't know which is the biggest part of the game because they're all small. <laughs> I'd say it's not the drawing, but even that can be pretty important because you're, you're fishing for cards when you're playing. I think that when I'm playing certain oh. strategies where I'm trying to just draw something very specific, I think I spend more time drawing cards because you'll end up with this whole hand of eight cards or bigger, and you're like, I just need the one specific one to slot into my engine, and you're just drawing over and over again to find what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does happen. I will say that can get frustrating. <laughs> Especially because you then have to shuffle the deck a couple times. Yeah, that doesn't happen too much for me. But so, so that was the gameplay. In terms of solo, again, so with this expansion, the the expansion, what it added is the campaign, and it's basically the same for solo as it is for multiplayer. The difference being a multiplayer, once you finish the campaign, it's eleven turns in the multiplayer game. Whoever has the highest points wins. What you're going to do first, though, it's going to say, well, actually, no. I'm not even going to comment more on that because I don't remember too well. I think it'll say if you also if you didn't meet this secondary goal of say having you know I don't know three of this resource or, or fifteen gold across these three types of resources in any combination if you didn't make this goal for this chapter you're going to lose some points and, but you'll still look and see who had the highest victory points in the solo game it's a little bit different when you finish you have to have a certain amount of goods and whatever they request. So I think in the first chapter it was food and or a few different types of food, foods and grains and meat and things like that. And I think you have to have like 30 or 40 resources worth of that. So hopefully you still have those goods on your buildings. You're going to go ahead and count them up and discard that because you just paid that to the king. And now whatever you have left, you're going to tally up for your points. The points are going to be... All the cards you have in, that you've built in your tableau, those are all worth victory points, depending on, generally speaking, the cost of the card. Plus, any goods you still have, you can add up their gold value and you get one point per five. Hopefully, at this point, you have enough points to have beat the scenario. If you didn't, you get to try it again and again <laughs> and again <laughs> and again <laughs> and again. And if you did beat it, then you get to go on to the next chapter. 
And that, that's how the that's basically how the game works. Um, I found I really enjoyed playing this game. Every time I play, I've had a lot of fun. I've played this since I've got I think thirty three times total, th- or thirty four maybe. Three of them have been multiplayer. All the rest have been solo. Now the bad thing is, all those solo games I've only won once. I am still on chapter two. That's better than me. I have tried and tried. <laughs> oh, it's you know it can't get frustrating. It feels like there's a lot of luck involved, though I will say as I keep playing, um, I am more often getting close to winning, but it still feels like if just the right combination of cards had shown up, I would have won. It, it really wasn't up to me. It was up to, to the luck. Um, and that part is frustrating, but even then, I still have fun going through it. I'll admit for me, just commenting on that issue, I've played, I've actually never played this multiplayer because I just don't think I ever have. But I've played it dozens of times solo, trying to figure out what how to play the game. And honestly, because it's so short, it's easy to pick up and play and sit down. I think is one reason why I keep coming back to it, trying to figure out how to win. Because this is a gated campaign, it is not a fail-forward campaign. If you fail you, by the rules, you have to keep trying and do it over and over again. And I've played so many times that I do not understand. I've like looked up strategy guides and tips and techniques that other people have done. And I've discussed with some people, including Albert, I've talked about how to potentially beat the first one. And I, I don't know if I'm doing, I don't know if I'm doing some part of the strategy wrong. I'm pretty confident I'm playing any of the rules wrong. I don't know if it's something strategically I'm doing. I just can't seem to get I just can't seem to get the strategy of the game. And in all honesty, that's a little frustrating, especially because I haven't been able to, <laughs> without cheating, see the rest of the campaign. Albert has convinced me to cheat and see the second scenario. So I've tried the second <laughs> scenario, even though I've never beat the first. And I didn't beat the second either. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. that Gosh, that, those scenarios are hard. And here's the thing. I've, I've been tempted to cheat on the second. And just, oh, you know, I'm just not going to worry about this. I'm going to, I decided to build sloppily, but it looks like I'm actually going to do pretty well. So I'm going to build carefully and just go ahead and get that extra good and just not worry about it, you know, look the other way when this is going on. But here's the thing with that second scenario, depending on the outcome of the scenario, not so much on your score, but on what things you manage to accomplish and build will affect chapter three. There's two different chapter three cards. So, you know... It makes me not want to cheat because I then I I don't feel like I I'm actually I'm assuming one of them is better than the other. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't want to go with the one I think is better, even if I achieved it by cheating. So, so I just keep trying chapter two. Now the great thing about this is that yeah, it's it's a good value in this game. <laughs> I've I've played this way more than a lot of other stuff. I've had more plays of it. I'm not sure more time. More eh, maybe not more time, but you know I've had the this whole replaying and replaying, and it feels like it's luck based. I've had similar experiences, say with the Lord of the Rings card game. There's certain scenarios in that that I'd played a dozen, you know, twelve, thirteen times, and eventually I just I couldn't beat it. And in a few of them, I could tell. You know, I draw my hand at the beginning of the game, I'd look at the cards, I could discard it and take a mulligan and draw a new hand set of cards. And at this point, if I didn't have a specific card or two from my deck in my hand, I knew I was going to lose. And I just, you know, I shuffled again and tried a different time just to see if the card did show up. <laughs> and those were frustrating. Those those scenarios were really frustrating. Um, but I have not had the same feeling here. 
again, because you, you get to build the engine and you see it going through and it's so quick. You know, in an evening, I'll play it two times, maybe three times. And I always, oh, I'm so close. Let me try again. So that's what happens. You know, one thing I really like, though, is the, the multi-use cards. I think you've talked about multi-use cards before and how much you enjoy them in games. I do, yes. This definitely has that feature. It reminds me a lot of... Um, it reminds you a lot of Race for the Galaxy, actually, in that way. I think it is kind of similar. It is kind of similar because it does have multiple uses, but it's actually only two uses per cards. I think multi-use cards usually have more different options you can do, but I think that's possible just attributed to the fact that it's a smaller game. But the idea of multi-use in this one is that you can either use a card as a building or you can use a card as a good in order to fuel a building. It also happens to be that the back of the cards are used as counters throughout the course of the game. I think that's more just in terms of limited resources for printing. Um, but that's how the multi-use is, is. You can either try and continue to hold on to them to fuel a building, or you can actually play it as a building and hope for other cards to match those resources. And yes, as Albert mentioned, I do enjoy multi-use card mechanics in games and i think that's possibly one all the reason why i continue to return to this game even though it's a lighter version of multi-use than other elements of it but i do enjoy that in the game i also really like how the, the cards are used to determine what's available in the market and and that little the whole little thing with keep drawing cards and you get two suns um because you just have no idea what's gonna be available in some rounds there's just four resources available to choose from. Sometimes there's a dozen or even more. And I find that really interesting. And I like that about it. Yeah, And we didn't talk at all about the extra workers that you could hire, the assistants, but that doesn't matter. That just lets you have a second person to to work a second building because only each your worker can only go to one building. I don't think that really affects my opinion on the game. I think that just to summarize my opinion on the game, I enjoy the engine building. I enjoy the mechanics of the game. I find, at the very least, the strategy of it seems difficult for me to approach. And for me, over time, just it, it's be, it's continued to build itself and up into a brick wall that I am much less enjoying having to sit down and face that brick wall. I want to continue to hold on to it at this point, I think, until potentially I can try and play it mm. multiplayer. Let's see if maybe some of that feeling evaporates when I can actually compare what I'm doing to other people real time and actually play with other people the game. But if that feeling continues to grow, like I've got to force myself even to sit down and play the scenario at this point in time because I just don't feel like I can beat it. And that's so frustrating to me that it's colored my opinion of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I totally get that. And playing multiplayer, I think, will give you more strategies. What are your final thoughts about the game, Albert? I like the game. I'm I'm very happy with it. I've enjoyed it a lot. And everybody I've taught the game to has enjoyed the game when I've played it multiplayer. So again, that was only three times and it's been a while. But I really like this game and it's fun and I like the mechanisms and, and the quick play of it and all that. I like that it's also a campaign and you get the different chapters. Now it's also worth mentioning there's other games in this whole Long Still universe besides All My Goods. There's another card game called Tybor the Builder. Are you familiar with that one? No. It's another small box game like Oh My Goods, but this one is actually um it's it's like a drafting game much more similar to say Seven Wonders or Sushi Go where if you have a hand of cards, you're going to choose one to build and pass your hand to the side. Or like between two cities like we talked about recently. 
I don't know much more about it than that. I do know it's also a it has a campaign mode in it, and I think it's campaign mode out of the box. So you, and it, apparently, it also includes the backstory to Longzone Revolt, so you can find out why Longzone had a revolt. Hmm. But more than that, I don't know. Um, but it does look interesting. The other game that they have is Expedition to New Dale, which is a big box game, same size as say Agricola. And again, it's set in the same universe. It is actually a lot like Oh My Goods, very very similar. When you look at the cards. If you don't look too closely at first, you're going to think it's the same exact game. Because they look similar, the same types of buildings, they produce stuff. However, it it adds more complexity. It's a board game. The, instead of drawing cards to fill the market, you're going to pull cubes out of a bag. Or really meeples. To see to see what colors are available that round. Um, and there's some other things. There's a board that has different towns and you're expanding on it. And... And different actions you could choose each turn. So it's definitely a much more complex version of Oh My Goods. So if you play Oh My Goods and you enjoy that mechanism and you're looking for something bigger and deeper, you may want to check out Expedition to New Dale. The, that one's also a campaign game. I think that has seven parts in the story, if I remember right. I quite like it, but you know it's a little longer than Oh My Goods. And it takes up a lot more table space. It is, after all, a big box game. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. You're right. Castles of Burgundy, the card game, if I remember right, took a ton of table space. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I felt true. like I should have just been playing the board game for that. Although I believe with that, Albert, I think that's about covered our review of it. And then some, yep. Thank you everyone for joining us. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.